Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back. Droid Life Show, episode 88 today. It is Friday, August 7th. I'm your host, Kellen. With me, Tim. Tim, say hi. Hey, guys. How's it going? Tim here. So on today's episode, or this week's episode, uh, we want to run through some updates on this uh, stage fright vulner- vulnerability that uh, came out last week. We've had some updates there. A lot of manufacturers have weighed in, including Google. Uh, we want to talk NFC a little bit. Our very own Ron, it's too bad he couldn't join us um, since it's kind of his topic, but wrote an opinion piece on why he doesn't really care that phones like the OnePlus 2 don't have NFC. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Tim spent the last month or so with Project Phi, so he'll give us that. Uh, we got some nice looks at the Note 5. Uh, Verizon just announced some new plans and things like that. They're killing off contracts, which is interesting. Some Nexus rumors, more HTC depression. And uh, Dr. Dre has a new album out today. <laughs> yeah, Exclusive to Apple, by the way. So uh, uh, let's jump into the stage fright stuff first. So uh, just a short recap. We did talk about this on last week's show, didn't we? I it believe so. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, so stage fright, just a quick recap. Uh, vulnerability in basically the the system level embedded media player, if you will, in Android. It's, it's, it's called stage fright. And so a hacker found a vulnerability within stage fright. Uh, basically, if somebody knew your phone number, sent you a evil MMS, if you want to call it that, multimedia message, um, it included a video or something like that, it could then access your phone private data through stage fright. Um, and so the the really bad thing about this is apps like Hangouts sort of preload MMS stuff in the background, like automatically. And so somebody could send you an MMS and you wouldn't even know that it was attacking your phone and exposing your personal data and things like that. So it's actually a huge deal and it affects most Android phones. In fact, the phone you're using right now, potentially even watching this on, is probably vulnerable. So that happened last week. This week, we got uh, news basically out of a handful of, of people, uh, most notably Google, uh, but Samsung also announced some stuff and so did LG. So Google said that they are, well, first of all, they're updating the Nexus 4, 5, 6, 7, 9, and 10. We're missing an 8 in there, by the way. Every time I type that out, I'm like, where's the Nexus 8? It doesn't exist. Uh, so all of those are getting an update this week uh, that patches up all the stage fright stuff. So if you own a Nexus, um, almost all of them, let's see, I believe the Nexus, not all of them. It's like the Nexus uh, 7 2013 LTE one is not getting the patch yet. I, I believe it's something like that. Uh, so like a couple of the Nexus aren't, and we've got the factory image just posted up there. So you know, which, which ones exactly. Uh, but Google also announced that going forward, they're going to push out monthly security updates that just address things like this so that we don't run into this hopefully in the, in the near future. Um, so they're going to do that outside of just normal platform updates. And so Samsung then also announced the same thing, that they're fast-tracking updates, uh, security updates monthly, at least that's the plan, uh, and they're working with carrier partners and whoever else to push those out. Um, The day they announced that, uh, they pushed out a whole bunch of updates through Sprint, I believe, was the big one, and AT&T. And I think we've seen maybe a couple through T-Mobile as well. Nothing from Verizon. Um, so Samsung is already on it. Uh, and then LG announced, uh, I believe they sent the message through Wired and said that we're doing the same thing. We're going to do some monthly updates, security updates, and try to push these through as quickly as we can. We haven't seen an LG device get an update yet, so that hasn't happened, I think. Oh, and then Motorola actually, five minutes before we went on the air, sent us a statement. Um, basically said they take customers' security extremely seriously. They applaud everyone for fast-tracking stuff. Um, all of their new phones, so the Moto X, Pure, Style, Play, and G should all already have the patch. Um, and then they're working right now on getting it out to all of their other devices that just got Lollipop updates. So everyone's kind of trying to get together to work on this stuff. Um, I, I can't help but say that like I'm skeptical of seeing any of this actually happen for more than like a couple of months. I don't know. What do you think about all this? I think it's good that um, you know the carriers and the OEMs are working together to get a fix out in a timely manner. But at the same time, anytime it comes to like a, a security issue or anything like that, I try not to worry about it. I'm kind of like super nonchalant about any type of Android threat because it seems like we get hammered about it so much. You know, every 
every week BGR is writing a story about Android, possible threat, something like that, you know, and um, I think that there's some scare tactics going on, <laughs> and I I try not to read into it too much. I know that if it is a real issue, Google will address it. It's not like they're just going to leave us hanging. So I don't think I have been attacked. Maybe that's the reason why the Galaxy S6 is so laggy. Maybe it is getting attacked, but I kind of doubt it. Um, they doubt that, do yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm just I'm just happy that a fix is actually going out and it was addressed by everybody and. It seems so, you know, besides kind of a little bit from Verizon and LG, um, who have still yet to kind of acknowledge. Yeah. I, I think normally I'm with you and that I just kind of brush these off because normally they're, they're nothing. They're, they're an old patch that was addressed months and months ago and everyone should have a fix. This one, not though. Like this, like my, my just, Galaxy S6, I'm pretty sure like I could, somebody could send me a nasty MMS and. I think I turned off Hangouts for that. Actually, I'm going back through the Google Voice app, which probably isn't any better. But It's a scary thought, absolutely. I mean, the threat is real. <laughs> it is. Um, I, there was some confusion around whether or not the guy that discovered this uh, actually released all of the detailed information on how to do it. Um, but uh, Justin Case, I think, told me that. I think that was, that was who told me that actually the information is out there. So I believe hackers could essentially at this point they know enough that they could be sending you malicious MMS messages. Uh, you know, so this one's actually semi-serious, which is why we've kind of given it more run than, than most. Uh, but I'm with you in that. Hopefully this stuff gets d- taken care of fairly quickly. I think one of the problems is older devices, you know, that don't necessarily get support anymore. They're True. probably still going to be vulnerable forever. Like who knows if any of those are going to get fixed. Like obviously current phones, we've seen Samsung starting to update all of their stuff already. Um, you know, even like the S5 and Note 3 have gotten updates already. Uh, obviously, Google's taking care of most of its Nexus devices, but like, is the original Moto X, when's that going to get an update, right? When's is like the G2, you know, when is that going to get an update? And you go back even further than that. So this one's a little different. Uh, I, Google needs to, I, it's so Ron Amadio from Ars Technica wrote a post yesterday. Uh, that talked about when's like the Android security apocalypse basically going to happen where something like this happens, uh, but it's more serious than this that exposes everyone and everything and they can't get updates out fast enough before like all of us are sort of screwed. I think is sort of what he was getting at. Mm-hmm. And it, this is one of those first steps where it feels like while we love Android, the security issue here, it, this is kind of a big deal. Like, no one can get updates out fast enough because there's so many players involved from Google to then OEMs to then carriers. And they all have to like take steps along the way. So I don't know if that means Google needs to bring it back somehow so that they can control everything at a system level and maybe only allow minor customizations on top so that when there's a security patch that needs to go out, Google can just send it to everyone. And I, you know, I don't even know if Android's built to do that way. I'm not a developer or any sort of engineer, but. this is one of the first times I think that we've sort of felt like, wow, there are some issues here with Android in terms of security just because this is such a deep system level thing that needs an update. So I think the real problem is, I mean, the main key issue is the auto retrieve feature, but which can be disabled. And then the third party MMS app like Textra, for example, can be downloaded and then you just use that. And then, then you're fine because with third party apps, you can set it to, um, you know, allow for it not to auto-retrieve MMS, MMS messages that can harm your phone. So I've seen countless videos already on YouTube on like how to fix a stage fright issue yourself if your phone is not going to be getting additional support from carriers and your OEM. So there are ways around it. Um, yeah, we should potentially look into letting people know about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but at the same time, you know, usually there is, you just have to, be smart and safe when using your phone, you know, don't do anything super shady. And usually there is a way that you can combat any type of security issue that you have. So, and even for stage fright. So. Yeah. And and look, the patches are coming. So we're getting there. It's just, like I said, this one was just a little scarier than, than past ones. Absolutely. So anyways, that that's the latest on that. So there's updates coming. 
they'll probably be the fastest updates to ever hit your phone. It's kind of sad that it takes something like this, right? For, for these companies to all go, Oh my gosh, let's update things. And I know this isn't like a big platform update, it's just security update, but it'd be nice if they took platform updates as serious as they do security. Then maybe we get updates a lot faster. So possibly. Yeah. All right. So let's, uh, we don't have to spend a lot of time on this cause I don't think it's that big of a deal, but anyways, the one plus two, as you guys know, does not have NFC and it's a huge deal apparently. Um, so we've talked about it a lot as a team, just kind of behind the scenes. So Tim and I, we talked to Ron and we've talked to Eric. You guys remember Eric is Eric in the chat, by the way. I don't think he is. I don't think so. Um, we've talked to Eric, but like we all sort of talked about NFC in general. And if we care that a phone doesn't have it, um, I, I don't think any of us really are that worried about it. Um, none of us are big NFC payment people because NFC payments still haven't really um, caught on. Uh, none of us really have, like I don't have NFC tags like around my house for anything. I don't bump phones with people to send photos really, uh, you know, especially because Google photos, you can just share URLs now. I'm trying to think like what else is NFC good for? So I, so Tim, you and I have talked about um, setting up new phones and so one of the new lollipop features was set up or is restoring phones by touching them together. And while it, it works, the, the really only benefit there for me, I think has been that it'll bring over multiple Google accounts. If you touch phones together and if you just do like the single sign in, it just brings in one. So there's not really, uh, there's, it's a little benefit, but not really a huge one. So I don't know we're just sort of under the, like, I think generally as a team, we don't really, care that much about nfc do we like tell me if, if a phone doesn't have nfc is that a deal breaker for you for me personally no because i don't go out and do mobile card swiping and tap to pay and all that stuff i just don't use nfc that much in my day-to-day life i've maybe use it once a month you know if i have to set up a new phone maybe sometimes when i'm setting it up i don't even think twice i just do it you know because i've done it for years and i was putting in my google account and password and there it is so yeah, I'm just kind of going through some of the comments. So we, we also ran a poll on this last week um, and said, you know, is it a deal? Like, would you would you say no to a phone or would you give up on a phone or not even consider it if it didn't have NFC? And the poll was pretty split. It was like 53-47, I think. So clearly the, half of the people that read our site use NFC regularly and they wouldn't even consider a phone if it didn't have it. And the other half's like, I don't even know what NFC is. I've seen a bunch of that too. People just saying, I, I don't even know what NFC is. Well, for um, example, like your one of your Sony cameras uses NFC. I don't know if you're still doing, but like when at a live event, you know, you just tap the phone to the camera and there then you can just upload it straight to Scribble Live. You know, are you not able to do that now because the OnePlus 2 won't support NFC or how how are you going to get by that? Yeah, so stuff like that, right? So mm-hmm. so that's a use case. Um, I haven't done that with a phone and a camera in a while because I think I'm using a different camera at this point. Oh, well, then. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, so there's a use case, right? So uh, if you have a camera that has NFC, Sony's are, I think, one of the one of the few that do. You can't pair them as easily now, although a lot of them are going to like a more Wi-Fi direct kind of thing, I think. Which is good. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know, I think one of the, the legitimate arguments most people have is it's not that we necessarily wouldn't consider a phone with NFC. It's just the fact that like OnePlus, if that's who we're talking about, they just left something out that seems like it's become a standard. Like when was the last time a flagship Android phone shipped without NFC? I mean, I think the only company really not putting NFC in phones is is like the Moto G, right? And it's supposed to be a discounted cheap phone. So Motorola is not putting it in like this phone, but a flagship phone and and you know, OnePlus obviously has caught a lot of flack for saying never settle and flagship killer. And how can you be a flagship killer and not settling if you're just leaving out NFC because apparently you think no one uses NFC? So, so I look, I get why people are pissed at that idea. Um, I think we're trying to look outside of that idea and just saying like NFC is still not really a big technology at this point, and it cl- clearly it is for some people. And uh, and there's, I mean, there's some passionate people like Ron. I don't know that he got death threats this time, which I think he's had in the past. <laughs> I'm sure he has. But uh, poor Ron. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, I know he he puts up with so much too because he's obviously an opinionated guy, and he and he. What I, what I I hope people understand that like when Ron writes this stuff, like he's done his research. He doesn't just like come up with this stuff out of nowhere. Like he he's looked tried to look at just about every angle possible. Um. 
<laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I'm looking through some of the comments now. And poor Ron's like, because some of the stuff people say to him is just insane. And he just kind of goes, okay. It's usually something witty, and they usually just shut up after that. But, <laughs> oh, boy. And, you know, the NFC, the people that use NFC a lot are, uh, oh, God, there's even memes with Ron in them now. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> 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 uh, somebody asked Ron, what did the LG G4 compromise? And he said, terrible looking software for one. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so like, look, we're, we're not trying to like just completely dump all over NFC. I, I get what it's, what you can use it for. I do use it for things. Like I said, for restoring phones, cause I set up new phones all the time. That's actually pretty handy. Uh, the thing is like most people don't set up new phones every month. Like, like I do. Um, and the mobile payment thing, which is, I think, was Ron's biggest um, point here is mobile payments like the Apple iPhone six had NFC in it for Apple pay. It's almost been a year. And I don't know that we've seen that many new places get payment terminals. It's not like everywhere you walk has a payment terminal, you know, every store you go into, like what was, how, how often do you go in and go, Oh, maybe I could use my phone to pay. Or do you look and it's not even an option. I feel like when I go into stores, I look just in case, and I feel like Whole Foods is one of the few places I walk into that actually has those terminals. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'll see them, but then I, I decide, no, you know what? I'm not even going to screw with it because chances are the clerk has no idea what is going on That's and, a part of it too, or, yeah. or the machine doesn't work. You know, I've seen that plenty of times where just um, they'll say, oh, our terminal's broken. I'm like, okay, here's my credit card. Just take that. <laughs> like, it's so much easier. Well, and, and, and think about that. The, the time it takes for you to pull out your phone, wake it up, and then touch it to a terminal. Which, by the way, with Google Wallet, you have to do that, and then it pops up Google Wallet, and then I think you have to punch in your password and then touch it again to complete it. So there's like a couple of taps in there and some punching. It's just as easy to pull out your wallet and your card and swipe it, right? I mean, I don't feel like NFC payment systems are any... Apple Pay might be completely different. I haven't really used it, but... um, as far as Android goes, like Google Wallet's not really that efficient, right? Not only efficient, I don't find mobile payments to be as convenient as just you know pulling out my wallet and swiping my card. Yeah. You know, everyone knows about that. I mean, heck, I went to a Burger King uh, like a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Oh, do you guys have like Google Wallet or anything?" And they're like, "What's Google Wallet?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm out of here." <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. And how do you explain? I mean, someone who's clearly living not in this year, but you have to say, well, you know, it's like a app on your phone. I can just touch my right. phone to this terminal right here and it pays. And they're like, what? Mind blown. <laughs> so it shouldn't be my job to have to educate the people who are working with the technology every day, right. like inside of a store or something like that. So really, it's not convenient whatsoever to use it yet. I can see it in the future. There's always like, forward-facing yeah. futuristic statements and stuff. But like, by the time like we think it's the future, something else is going to be here that actually makes it more convenient. I, I have no idea what that is. I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, see, that's the problem. Like, um, I was using coin for a week. And, uh, you, you know, you attempted up, to use coin. I attempted to use it. Um, all of my swipes, you know, didn't work. Like, so far, <laughs> there's no... How many have actually worked? Like, what's the ratio of working to non-working swipes with coin? Coin says it's like 50%. That's insane. Like one out of two swipes will work, but it's just not true. And if you look on Twitter, there's parody accounts of like coin support or whatever. Um, people will say, oh, my coin doesn't work. And they're like, yeah, well, we know, blah, blah, blah. Go here for help. It's hilarious. Yeah. But um, either way, mobile payments and things that attempt to try and make your life easier just don't work or aren't worth it at this point. So we're going to need something really sweet, you know, kind of like Android pay, maybe, you know, just to, I don't know, really kickstart it. I thought Apple pay would do it. Clearly it hasn't really done it yet either. So yeah, not as sure a little bit. We see a little bit more implementation in different Mm -hmm. stores and stuff, but it doesn't make pulling out my card, you know, any less great. You know, I can just pull out my card and it works. I know it's going to work. I don't have to hope for a one in two chance that it's going to work. Like you shouldn't have to cross your fingers. You know, it's ridiculous. You know what my favorite payment systems are are things like square. 
Mm. Like when you walk in, like when I went to the one plus event uh, in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago, across the street was this like really fancy coffee shop. Uh, it's, I think it was called front cafe or front coffee, something like that. Anyways, they, they're one of, they're like a coffee shop and they use square. And I just like the fact that it's just like an iPad and they hand it to you and you, you swipe and then you just draw with your finger and then you can email it yourself or what it's like the simplest thing. And it's so like convenient. seamless, I feel like, yeah. And convenient. And uh, I wish like those are the things I like. They seem just simpler in general um, on for everyone, but I don't know. I, I don't know that NFC payments still, like you just said, have really, we're not there yet. I don't know. Clearly not there yet. Maybe so it will be one day. And then this conversation will sound really silly, but at this point, like I, I still got, you know, I can't like some of our favorite restaurants in Portland, I walk into them, you know, there's no way they're, they're not even considering it because it's probably going to cost them a lot of money to upgrade all of their, their terminals. A lot of, a lot of places still swipe a card behind the counter. You know what I mean? Like you hand them your credit card and they swipe it back there. So we have so far to go. And again, it's not like we hate NFC. We don't have this like personal no. hatred of NFC. Ron was just saying like, I know you guys are really upset about the like a phone, like the one plus two, not having it, but it's really not the end of the world. Like you have to look at everything else inside of this package of phone. Cause NFC, you're probably not going to use it that often. And if yeah. you do, then it's not the phone for you. And you, there's like 15 other amazing phones you can choose from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for, they don't have a choice. I mean, the phone doesn't feature NFC. So what are you going to do? Unless they, you know, put out a different back that supports it or something like that. And it's just not can actually i think yeah, i don't I think they can but i saw like a rumor saying oh don't worry OnePlus is coming out with a back that supports nfc okay. i want to say i saw in one of their amas they did recently mm-hmm. uh, somebody asked them that like is there a back we could put on and i think they said it's technically not possible so i don't even think that's an option yeah so I, just yeah. you just got to move on sorry yeah, people. Look, if you use nfc all the time don't get it you can't settle for the one plus yeah two. don't settle never <laughs> settle for the one plus two settle all right. Besides NFC, um, you want to talk Project Fi? You just spent like a month with Pro- Google's Project Fi. I just got an invite as you're like congratulations. You're finishing the final keystrokes on your like mini review of Project Fi, and I finally get an invite. So anyway, tell us about Project Fi. Project Fi is good. The service is pretty great. When I first signed up, I opted for the three gigs for thirty dollars on top of the twenty dollar, you know, unlimited text, unlimited talk that you're already paying for. So in total, it was fifty bucks. Um, you know, over the course of a month, though, and kind of using it how I would regularly, uh, I just wasn't using all that much data, you know, because I sit at home on Wi-Fi all day, so I wasn't using much mobile data. So I used about a one gig out of the three gigs that I allotted. And so at the end of that month, I got a unused credit, unused data credit, and that w- applied towards my next month's statement. So my bill was like 20 bucks. So... I mean, if you say, uh, if you want something super straightforward, you know, no small text to be seen, nothing shady going on, then, and you live in an area that is highly supported uh, by T-Mobile and Sprint's network, then Fi seems like a no-brainer to me. I mean, it just worked. Um, as soon as you pop the SIM into the Nexus 6 and it activates that new number or you port your number over, then you're pretty much good to go. Um, you know, the only issue is, is that it is exclusive to the Nexus 6. And for me... Like, it's just not cutting it. Like, that was the one thing I said. Um, the one problem I have with Project Fi is that I have to use the Nexus 6 because the phone's just too big. But that's just me personally. My my idea and my my guess, my assumption, is that Google and the next, ne- you know, the rumored two Nexus devices that are coming out will support Project Fi. So we'll have more phones available for it, more compatible phones for it. And then it'll be great because then I can get a phone that I actually like to use on a service that is really good. Um, Whenever I was out on the town, I had solid data. I was getting like 60 down, 20 up and stuff. I was like, okay, here we go. And that's downtown Portland. And uh, I kind of live on the outskirts. And it was still pretty solid. I get good speeds even in my home. So unless I was, I went to the Oregon coast and of course I had no service, but you know, show me anyone on any carrier that has service out on the coast. And I think Verizon's about it. There's a little bit of Tima or AT&T out AT&T. there, but Verizon, I think, is about the only one. Yeah. yeah, there's a little bit of Verizon. So even if, um, you know, that's like the type of place you don't really want to have your phone either. You know, unless you're like some super, super important guy. Really, I just chalked it up. It was like, you know what? I'm on vacation. I'm just going to turn the phone off anyway. Yeah. 
So after a month, I love Project 5, but I don't like the Nexus 6. So I'm going to like stop my service or I'll pause it or cancel it until you know a new phone comes out that I want to use. And then I can just yeah. start it right back up. It's prepaid. So How easy is it to stop it? Like, can you do it through the app or do you have to call? No, you just do it right through the app. You can just hit cancel service. That's like and... enough reason to sign up right there. Like, you know, like I have a T-Mobile line and if I wanted to cancel that, I would bet you anything. I have to call them and they'll try to upsell me or sell me on some crap and it, it sucks. So that's nice. Good job, Google. Yeah, the support um, side of Project Five seems really awesome. There's a dedicated tab in the app that has, you know, support written on it. And it shows you like an estimated waiting time um, if you want to call or an estimated wait time if you want to email them. I never saw the wait time go over one or two minutes for like, you know, for the phone. So you always know that you're going to be able to talk to someone real, not a robot. Or, you know, if you just want to email them, if that's more easy for you, then feel free. Wait time was like one to three hours or something. So Hmm. all in all, you didn't lose any issues like handing off because it's all supposed to be automatic right from wi-fi hotspots to timo to sprint wherever you're the best signal is it's supposed to just do it automatically right yeah absolutely so when it comes to kind of moving around i had really no issues the one time i did automatically connect to a wi-fi um connection was inside of a target and you know handled it just fine and then once i got off i got right back on to lte um, but the issue is when you go to certain spots, say like a Starbucks or to an airport where there is open Wi-Fi, but you need to agree to a terms of service or you need to go through a splash page, it won't automatically connect to those. So you would just have to manually connect. I mean, usually, you know, most places you go these days will have an open Wi-Fi. So, you know, you can just do it old school and, you know, hook your phone up manually. Right. But at the same time, you know, the fact that it does transition seamlessly from network to Wi-Fi to network and cell data, um, I thought it was really great. I mean, I really ha- I had zero issues when it came to, like, service. Yeah. So, um, And that's what was really surprising for me just because I've had T-Mobile phones. I've had Sprint phones. I didn't like them because I thought the service was pretty garbage, yeah. I sp- you know, especially Sprint. No offense, Sprint. But <laughs> where I live, your service is terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I was checking, you know, the the ISP uh, through the speed test app that I have, I was showing that I was on T-Mobile towers pretty much 100% of the time. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. I think their service in Portland is actually pretty solid. Very solid. Yeah, I want to say like PC Meg just ran like a big, all the cities in America, like speed tests and network and all this stuff. And I think T-Mobile was the best in Portland, actually, mm. like ahead of Verizon even, which is kind of crazy. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. I, so I ordered the SIM and I'll, I'll probably use it for at least a couple days, maybe even just activate it for a month. But uh, it does some funky things with Google Voice that I wasn't really excited about. So I don't know that I could necessarily stick with it. Yeah, I had to use an account. Um, I used a Gmail account that was not already um, issued a Google Voice number. So I pretty much started with a clean slate. So I just had them send me a Portland metro area area code number when I activated just, I didn't want to lose my, you know, I have a very cool Google voice number and I do not want it attached to like one phone in particular. And I tried to set up Google voice on the new number, but you can't do call forwarding from Google voice number to Google voice number because these five numbers are Google voice numbers. Right. So no call forwarding and I did not want it locked down at all. So I was like, nope, 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 not doing it. I'll just get a new number. I don't care. So I gave out my new number to you and everyone else who might need me for emergencies. I was like, I'm on five for a month. So if you need me, call me this way. (laughs) Yeah. And so when I, my first invite came in through the email that's attached to my Google voice and yeah, I mean, it says right up front, do you want to port your Google voice number over? And if you say no on that account, then it says, well, we're just going to release your Google voice number. So Yeah. yeah, I, while I know you can you can port it over to your your voice number two five and you get almost all the same benefits and then if you cancel you can bring it back I just don't know that I fully trust that process yet because this is like a beta service from Google kind of right you can totally call it alpha so it's so or like I don't know that I fully trust Google will handle my Google Voice number properly and so yeah I I did the same thing I set up. I grabbed a new number on a separate Gmail account. And yeah, so I won't be able to connect those. So I probably won't really be able to use it, but uh, I'll just take your word for it. That Fi is awesome, except you have to use the Nexus 6. And that's another thing. I don't really want to use it because I don't really want to carry on the Nexus 6. I did for like a month and it was fun because it was stock Android again. I loved it, but the camera just 
and the size, I, I could only handle so much. Yeah, I mean, not only, you know, the Nexus 6 we've been using to test Android M. So not only was I using a beta cell network, but I was using a beta build of Android <laughs> M Preview 2. And, like, it was at times stressful just because I felt like it was, there was some real janky stuff going on. It wasn't Project Fi's fault at all, but I was like, come on, Android M. Like, you're killing me right now. Yeah. So. But overall, Fi, the pricing-wise, it's competitive. It's not the cheapest option, but like the fact that you get, if you don't use data, you get that credit back, which kind of makes it worth it in the end. Like with other other ones, if you paid like for three gig like you did, you wouldn't have gotten anything back. You're going to lose that. And even if it rolls over, you know, then like say on AT&T, that rolled over data goes away after a certain amount of time. Yeah, one month. Yeah, so for me, the fact that you pay for what you use and you can change your data allotment at any time of the month, you just pay for exactly what you use. And if you don't use it, you get that money back. That's like, that's really cool to me. And uh, it's too yeah, bad they I, couldn't have made it like five bucks per, t- for, per gig instead of 10. If they'd done five bucks per gig, it, that, I mean, like, that's game changing stuff, right? Well, there. sure, it's game changing, but it's like there's changing the game and then there's losing a ton of money, I think. So, yeah, I mean, they probably would be losing money at that point because you know, obviously we don't know what their agreement is with Sprint T Mobile for using their towers, but they're probably coming close to breaking even, I would imagine. They can't be making much money on Fi. It just depends on, you know, how many people probably bought a Nexus 6 at the start. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a official Project Fi community on Google Plus, and I think it had a little under like 5,000 people. So really, I mean, that's not a lot of users. No, it's not. And you're, you're automatically invited to that community once you get your invite, and it's a private community. So, you know, say a lot of people don't use Google Plus, maybe tack on another 1,000 people. I mean, really, there's only a little over 5,000 people using the service, which is not a lot. So, huh. Interesting. I mean, if you, if you are going to do it, be prepared for Nexus 6 and make sure that you are in, uh, check the coverage map on FI's website. It shows, you know, the uh, aggregation, I want to say, of T-Mobile and Sprint's network kind of conjoined into one glo- green glob one over North America. green glob, yeah. yeah. If anything, sign up and get the free welcome kit and then cancel. Absolutely, the like welcome really kit. Nice and a really nice battery pack and something else, right? Yeah, the welcome kit is solid. I've got it right here. It has a Nexus 6 case, the battery port or bank, battery bank. And it's got the uh, the headphones, which uh, has the dual out. So you and a friend can listen to your thing. Yeah. Your music. And they send you that for free. I mean, that's just part of the deal, right? They send you that for free. Although I did have one person say uh, in the comments, how did you get the welcome kit? I didn't get a welcome kit. And I was like, sucks to be you. Well, everyone's supposed to get it. So when they initially did it, I don't think like the first few people that signed up didn't get a welcome kit, but I thought they were like retroactively shipping them out anyway. So that guy just got screwed. He might have have gotten screwed because I mean, the the sim was inside of the welcome kit. So that's, that's interesting. Poor guy. Poor guy. He's really missing out on that power bank. Yeah, I clear. Yes. I haven't even opened any of the packages, so it no, shows you how important <laughs> it is. So yeah, again, Nexus Six is it, but yeah, we have two Nexus phones coming. At least we we think there's two Nexus phones coming. So yeah, they're they're have, almost have to be guaranteed to work right on it. They have to, right? I mean, they can't keep it exclusive to the N6, or no one's really going to sign up, right? And so the, you'll have more options then. And I, obviously, I have zero confirmation of this whatsoever. But that Moto X Pure Edition works on everything. Mm. Like it's a phone that could work on that. I wouldn't be shocked if, um, as Unless the service potentially grows, that Google opens up to that phone. Yeah. Like I don't know that as long as the phone supports it all. I don't know that there's like some really secretive backend stuff that Google did on the Nexus Six to make it work. Like I would imagine they can push that software easily through to that Moto X Pure if they give Motorola that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, I stuck the Fi SIM into an unlocked G3, which has the T-Mobile radios necessary, but doesn't have the Sprint, and didn't work, of course. But, um, you know, I was trying. I was like, I just don't want to use the the Nexus 6, so I tried putting in the G4 is what it was. Oh, yeah. Didn't work, but um, as you like you were saying, though, the Moto X, unless you get it on the, the Clover, the Clove, then mm-hmm. it won't have the necessary radios, right? Oh, that's the play. Yeah, that's the. Oh, that's the play. Yeah, the like lesser version, but the pure edition has all the all the bands, and so. Okay, never mind. I thought you uh, said pure for some reason. Yeah, the the pure will be fine. 
Um, they just they would just have to give it access or something because you know like the Nexus Five. I think people have gotten that working on on Fi already. So hackers, That's some hacker stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, Note Five. So Galaxy Note Five. We got some new pictures of this week of it actually in hand, and uh, it looks like a bigger version of the Galaxy S6, a little more squared off, I would say, sort of like a note. Uh, it has a spring ejecting S Pen in it. Uh, no USB Type C, that's confirmed. Uh, it's got a curve to the back, so hopefully, when you're holding it in hand, it feels a little bit better. But it's got the glass and the metal and the colors, and it gives that sort of Galaxy S6 vibe. Uh, that's next week, though, right? Like you're in New York next week for that. That's that came up quickly. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that'll be official next week with the Galaxy S6 Edge Plus. Uh, let's see, we we had a whole bunch of people send in information about this phone. Basically, everything you heard is the real deal, except we've been told that it's a 3,000 milliamp hour battery, and I think some rumor started somewhere that it was going to be like 4,100 milliamp hour. Everyone's really upset about that, but. Good luck. Yeah, Samsung wants their phones to be thin, though, so they're not going to throw a big fat battery in. So we heard 3,000 milliamp hour, but 4 gig of RAM, no SD slot, 32, 64, 128 gig options, a brand new S Pen. Yeah, I mean, it's a Note. You guys know kind of what to expect with a Note. Pretty similar cameras, I think, to what we've got on the S6, fingerprint sensor, whatever. Those bezels, though, thin. Thin. Mm-hmm. It's a solid-looking phone. You know, I really wasn't too yeah. excited just because I was expecting a big Galaxy S6. But this yeah. looks good. They've got that curve going on in the back. It looks like it's going to be pretty easy to handle. So yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Finally, instead of the back. Seriously. Yeah, I mean, it looks nice. Uh, there's supposedly some tricks with the S Pen, too. We're actually told, and I, we don't have pictures of this, but if you have, if you take the S Pen out with the screen off, you can actually draw on the black screen, and it'll like write white notes on it because it's AMOLED, so it'll just like basically light up the pixels you're writing on, and then you can save that to a note. So like if you need to take a quick note, you don't have to like pull the pen out, choose note thing, and pick an option. Like You can just pull it out and start writing on it, and so you can jot a quick note down, which is kind of cool. Like those are some interesting new features. Apparently the uh, the top is like clicky, like an actual pen, even though it doesn't do anything, I don't think, but it's like kind of cool. So you can pull your ass pen out yeah, and do that like annoying clicking thing that people do with pens. Back in the day. <laughs> yeah, back in the day. So anyways, that's coming next week. And the S6 Edge Plus, by the way, everyone that's talked to us about it has just said it's a bigger S6 Edge. Like that's it. There's no like new features really at all as far as I've been told. So just a big one. Sam says making big just to be big, I guess. Let's see. Verizon announced this morning through like four websites is all. They sent some embargoed press release out. Uh, New plans. They're simplifying their data plans uh, into small, medium, large, and extra large. (laughs) That's the way to do it. (laughs) Everyone's already cracking on their like new ideas. So, uh, what did they say? They said, whether it's your morning coffee, your favorite t-shirt, or even how many scoops you'd like on an ice cream cone, those are common options we know and understand. I, I'm sorry, but like, do people change the size of their t-shirt often? I don't really think so. It's just kind of a weird, weird analogy there from, from Bryce. Anyway, so they have new plants, small, medium, large, and XL. <laughs> just sounds like you're ordering from Burger King, which you previously mentioned. Mm. Um, and so these go live August 13th. So the small data plan is 30 bucks per month for one gig of shareable data. Medium is 45 bucks for three gig. Large is 60 bucks a month for six gig. And the XL package is 80 bucks per month for 12 gig. And then they've simplified the line access fee now to just $20 per month flat for everyone. So if you're a single person and you have, and you want three gig of data that's 20 bucks for your phone and 45 bucks uh for the data so 65 bucks uh but then you also are going to have probably a smartphone um charge on top of that so while it might be 65 bucks for service it's probably going to be another 25 bucks per month added on that for whatever your phone is so we're not talking like that cheap here um it's verizon so i I mean i don't think we should have expected it to be cheap uh, let's see. So yeah, those go, those go live August 13th. Um, some other interesting notes, basically they're killing off to your contracts. Uh, so once August 13th goes live, you're not going to have the option to sign up as a new customer and pick a two year contract. So you can't like get a galaxy S six for 200 bucks on contract 
um, and sign up for two years. Basically, you have to sign up for one of these new plans, these small, medium, large, extra large plans, and then buy a device through their device payment plan, which used to be called Verizon Edge, will no longer have a name. It's just device payment plan or something like that, which is basically what Edge had become anyway. So they're trying to simplify I would argue that this does simplify it. I guess you just go, hey, Verizon, give me the extra large and uh, then grab a device and pay whatever that is per month. So this goes live August 13th. No more contracts, just device payment plans. If you're already on like a contract, you can keep your same plan as long as you don't try to upgrade. Once I think you try to upgrade, they're going to push you on to something. And if you're hanging on to unlimited data, just keep buying phones at full price. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good old Verizon. Oh, and if you need more than 12 gigabytes, which is their XL package, you just have to ask them. And they apparently have other options. Double XL package? There could be a double and triple XL. Maybe there's like a secret menu, like the triple X. There might be. We should find out if there's a secret menu. So anyways, I had mentioned that they sent this to like three publications. And because normally they issue this to everyone. And so we can kind of dive in and there's information to find. But they kept this secret under embargoed until today. And so we have... No idea. I've asked them a couple of questions and they got back to me on some of the uh, edge going away stuff. But for the most part, there's no website yet. You can't look up anything to figure out what exactly is going on. But that's the basis of it here. So new Verizon plans, not cheap, but definitely simplified, So, which is good because like their old thing was like you have a line access fee of 40 bucks. But if you're on edge and you have less than six gigabytes of data, it's 25 bucks per month. But if you're over six gig of data, and you have edge it's 15 bucks like it was super confusing before like i'm I'm actually glad they're doing just that flat 20 bucks so all right let's see latest nexus rumors not a lot going on in nexus land we're still pretty sure there's an lg and a huawei nexus in the works uh we got a video of what could be a huawei nexus although it's really tough to tell yeah i mean it's it's a black matte plastic phone with a circular camera housing, which looks like the one on the Nexus 5, which I think is why everyone's like, ooh, Nexus. It has a fingerprint sensor in the same place that Huawei put the fingerprint sensor on the Ascend Mate 7, I believe. Um, it, so it looks like a Huawei phone. Whether or not it's a Nexus, that's anyone's guess. So that showed up this week. Uh, the other thing was LG. Um, didn't somebody from LG tell like business Korea, some things, Oh, they're going to launch Android pay along with the LG Nexus, which was kind of a given, right. But it's first we've kind of heard somebody say like, yeah, LG, we're going to announce with Android pay is going to be a big push. That happened. There are some rumors floating around that are supposedly confirmed LG Nexus five specs, but we're not fully buying into them. I don't think they could be real. I don't know. They just, the whole report was kind of wishy-washy the source of the information. So we're ignoring that. It's pretty much it on Nexus rumors, right? Oh, we did get a, we did get a picture of, so year ago when the Nexus six was introduced, there was the story, basically Dennis Woodside, Motorola's former CEO said the Nexus six was supposed to have a fingerprint sensor and that back dimple. And they axed it because Apple bought Authentic, which made the best fingerprint sensors at the time. And so they just said no other person can make a good fingerprint sensor. So screw it. Uh, but anyways, pictures of an old prototype with a fingerprint sensor surfaced. And uh, I kind of like the idea of a fingerprint sensor on the back. Like, you know, you pick up your phone, pick up your phone and your finger does kind of go to that dimple if it's a Motorola phone. So mm-hmm. I could see that being a good, nice way to uh, unlock a phone instead of a home button. You know, like one plus they put a home button in, even though no one really wants a home button. And, you know, I can't believe they put a home button in. Sorry. <laughs> no, they should have put it. Yeah. Like on the back or something so that it's out of the way and trim up the bottom bezel or whatever. But uh, so anyway, it's interesting just to see like a phone actually that was supposed to be. Yeah. All right. HTC. (laughs) Every time we talk about HTC now, it actually is depressing. So HTC announced that uh, they had another terrible quarter. Shocker. Uh, Another terrible quarter. And uh, their stock price is, I don't even know how much it's worth. That was like a dollar 50 a share. It's so low. It's bad. It's uh, dropped 50% since January. I think, you know, I, I, I don't know much of the conversion because it's not... Uh, it's not in U.S. dollars. Yeah, it's not in USD, but it started like around 1750 and then it, now it's like around 7 or 6 so or something. So bad. But, you know, I mean, the 
they were forward looking and saying, well, Q3 is not going to be good either. How could it be? I mean, the one M9, if the M9 did not save you in Q2, then there's no way it's going to save you in Q3, even with the uh oh protection, which they are just hammering. But um, so they're going to scale back on the workforce and they're going to scale back on the devices they're pumping out. And they're just going to focus on high end. A device, trendy device that can compete with Samsung and Apple, which you know it's doesn't not... seem like all too bright. I mean, oh. they, they say they hold twenty percent of the market in emerging markets like uh, India, and so to me, you know, you have Motorola, whose top selling phones, the Moto G, which is kind of a mid range emerging market type deal, and mm. um, so that seems like a area of big growth for HTC if they really kind of focused on that. But instead, they want to still compete with Apple and Samsung, which I I don't see happening unless they actually listen to people in the DL comment section and figure (laughs) out what people actually want in a in a phone. So, the the Reuters report where where this came from, I'm just I'm wondering if that's a typo on their part that says HTC was banking on selling high end models in emerging markets, like you don't sell phones in emerging markets that are expensive. Like you sell no. cheap phones, right? Like you just said, Motorola is killing it with the Moto G. Yeah. Affordable. Motorola is killing it with the Moto G. And that's why Huawei and uh, like even OnePlus and Xiaomi CT. and CT, like they sell low end or mid range phones that are really affordable. So I hope that's a typo because if you're, <laughs> yeah, if you're trying to sell high end phones to a, a class that can only do affordable phones, then you're luck. screwed. Yeah, that's like the worst idea ever. If that's if that's the case, but I'm looking at that Reuters report now, and it hasn't been corrected. It still says high end models in emerging markets. So I'm sorry. It, like if that's your plan to to come back, I just don't know how that's possible. Yeah, they give like a price specific. They say like around three hundred to four hundred dollars or something yeah. like that. But then the Moto G costs how much? Less and all these, two, yeah. yeah, exactly. And there's all these other phones. I mean, all these other companies are chipping away steadily at samsung uh in these same markets and uh, it's like htc is able to see that and realize what's going on when it comes to high-end phones in other markets outside of america yeah here in america um it's probably a good idea you know to have some high-end phones because that's you know what we we like like, and and that's what we can afford but um other markets just simply can't do it you know india taiwan places like that so it, it HTC just seems like they're always eight months behind everything, right? Like now they're finally, well, they're, they're going to have to lay off a bunch of people, right? They said they're, they're cutting who knows how much of their workforce. Significant. Yeah. Significant cuts. So they're cutting off a whole bunch of employees and then they're going to try to attack emerging markets. And it's like, you know, we're on the third Moto G like Motorola two plus years ago said, we should go to emerging markets and put out really good phones there. And, and it's working. Yeah. And it's working. It's their best selling phone ever. They've also got the Moto E and HTC is doing this now in 2015. Like how far, how, how far behind can they be? Like, how do you even break in now? You know, like we just said, ZTE and Huawei and OnePlus and Xiaomi and even Motorola and probably Lenovo too. And all these companies are in emerging. Well, and what's the, uh, uh, Micromax, I think, is based out of India. So there, there, Google's doing Android One in some of these markets. Like, HTC, you're probably too late. Like, what the hell? It's already it's, such a saturated market. Their leadership, not to be just insanely critical, but holy shit, dude, they need to they need a complete executive makeover at this point. Like, I don't know what the hell they're doing. And now they're now they're pimping VR. They think that HTC Vive is going to save them. Are you kidding me? I, I don't know, dude. I don't know what they're doing. I, I can't see if if this is where they're going, where they're finally saying like, yeah, emerging markets. And if that if that's not a typo on the high end, attacking emerging markets with high end, like good luck, HTC. I know we've thought the end was near for a long time, but it's like really near, dude. It, and look, the HTC Vive, everyone says like, yeah, great VR experience. This is so awesome. First of all, it's not even available. So it's not going to save them this year. And next year, it might be. You need to build a special room in your house that has lasers and has a probably a gaming level PC in order to be able to power that thing. 
and you're going to sell enough of those to save your company? No way in hell. There's everybody else has VR stuff. Google's giving it away in cardboard for five bucks. And I know the vibe's a better experience than that, obviously. Oculus is right there. They're going to do one. They got Facebook behind them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Good luck, HTC. I, I don't know what else to say. Like, it's a tough road ahead. And if that's like their direction, like, I don't know how they're going to get out of it anytime soon. So. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a long road. I saw one analyst saying, you know, that they were going to continue to lose market share and continue yeah. to lose money, and you know that kind of goes without saying. So, yeah, it's gonna be oh. brutal. And I, I forgot they're also sending ads to your notification panels now to uh, uh, make some extra cash. We didn't even touch about that. That was a huge deal this week. We could just do that quickly. So. Uh, HTC, all these people that own the M7, M8, and M9 all got a notification this week uh, that was about a new theme that was available in the HTC theme store. And it was a Fantastic Four theme because the movie's coming out. And while it's not technically an ad because it was a theme that they were promoting on phones, it was a goddamn ad. And HTC was sending an ad for Fantastic Four uh, mass as a theme that they were promoting except they don't promote any other themes ever they were just doing it once right uh and everyone was pissed and a lot of people just said like i'm never buying an htc phone again if they're going to send me shady ads on a phone i've already paid for well you so, probably won't be able to buy another htc phone anyway even if you want it this this is this is also true so yeah there, it, it hasn't been a good week for htc i mean it hasn't been a good couple of years for htc but this week was especially I think it it sucks. You know, I don't want anyone getting it twisted. Like I loved HTC. One of my favorite phones was the one X. Um, I just, Mm. I've always loved kind of their designs. Um, The one series, you know, not so much. I I dig the metallic look and the feel, but you know, there's little things that add up. And unfortunately HTC can't seem to like get it together and like play ball. Um, They're like so stuck on themselves being like this top design company. They're design company first phone company second. And uh, and for me, as someone who wants a good Android experience, it just doesn't do it for me. Like, I need more than just design to make me happy. So it's like HTC created the One M7, and instead of listening to customers, I feel like they listen to press. Mm. And and while press, like us, we're our job is to review phones and talk about all the things we like. HTC, I feel like that's all they listen to. You know, like no one bought those phones, even the M seven people didn't buy that phone really. And they stuck with it for three years because all the press said, Oh, this is such a great premium phone. You know, cause all the press, half of them are just care about Apple products and they like that premium Apple thing. And HTC kind of did that. And they all went, Oh, this is the most beautiful Android phone ever. And they use it in headlines and then no one bought it and customers didn't care. And they stuck with it two years too long, basically. <laughs> so. Mm. What's going Mm, yeah, the M9 reminds me of the M7 a bit more, you know, like a bit more uh, kind of sharp around the edges and stuff like that. Like they kind of went away from the roundedness of the M8 and they went back to the rigid and I was like, the fine. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I like the M8 more than the M7. And then, they, yeah, they went M9. It's basically like a throwback. They already retro. They OG did. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. Anyways, that's HTC. Uh, let's see. So just quickly, the Moto X Play, which is the mid-range-ish version of the new Moto X line uh, that's not coming to the U.S. It's actually available at from Clove UK uh, if you want to buy and import it. Uh, I ordered us one because I have no idea if Motorola is going to send out press review units to a U.S. site like us uh, for a phone that's not coming here. Uh, and so I looked deeper at it after I ordered it. And uh, yeah, it doesn't support any of the bands here. Like Motorola purposefully like took out all of the US LTE bands. So I screwed you. Yeah. So the phone's going to be pretty much worthless here. So we'll probably give it away to somebody. I mean, we'll, we'll play with it for a while and tell you all about this great phone that you can't use, use it on HSPA for a little bit, but, and then you um, can have it. Yeah. Cause it's super affordable. Like even, uh, with the conversion from pounds to the US dollar with shipping, it was like three fifty, which is kind of crazy. Like that's a good price on this phone. It's a solid phone. Yeah, I mean, it would probably run you, you know, two ninety nine if they sold it here in the U.S., which is a really good deal. Uh, so, you know, you could order this phone now, but yeah, no LTE support, no, no AT and T, no T, no band four, no band seventeen. Uh, yeah, it sucks because uh, I think a lot of people probably would have tried to import this phone. I think there's some people that want that thirty six thirty milliamp hour battery. So anyway, that's out there. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, Xperia Z five and Z five Compact. 
uh, pictures surfaced. They this looked like a couple of black boxes. And look, this is not to be super critical. Like I love the Z3 compact. My wife uses it actually. She stole it from me and was like, I want this phone. I want, you know, every new version of this phone going forward. But like, talk about boring design, dude. Just dude, I've said that since day one about Xperia phones. I mean, they always look the same. They haven't changed it here. Instead of a circular power button, it's more elongated. Because it apparently has a fingerprint sensor in it, right? Yeah, which is sweet. But at the same time, holy crap, it, it it's really the same phone. So I'm not impressed. Probably never will be by Sony's design team, but that's just I'll probably like pick up the Z five compact in some weird teal color or something just for something different and probably fall in love with it. And then maybe if they have like an all red one, which looks kind of cool, but yeah. Yeah. Sony yeah. software turns me off. Hardware design turns me off. There's a lot to not like about Sony's phones. Yeah. You've never been a big Sony fan. I've liked some of their phones, especially their compact line, but right. This one just—they don't necessarily yeah, need terrible. to come up with a brand new design, but something other than just like a black box would be nice. What I appreciate about Sony is their love for the Android ecosystem. I mean, they're—they're they're beta testing that one thing over in That's Sweden, cool. I believe, where it's like you know AOSP with some of Sony's software built on top. Like that's—that's that's cool. Yeah, it's like uh, Moto's approach, basically. To yeah, exactly, and and I love Moto's approach. So anything that has to do with Cutting the skin out completely, I'm all for it. But then having a few special services kind of built in to tweak it up a bit. So that's exciting. But again, um, triluminous displays and all this stuff that uh, Sony wants to market does not really impress me. Yeah. The other thing they they did actually announce this week was the Xperia M5 and C5 Ultra, which are... They're they're calling them super mid-range phones. I didn't know that was a product category, but apparently it is. Uh, and they're only going to emerging markets, which is really too bad. Like, I don't know if you looked much at these phones, but so the C5 Ultra, the Ultra name implies that it's a megaphone and it is, it's like a six inch phone. It has zero side bezel. Like the display actually goes to the very edge. Um, and it has dual 13 megapixel cameras, which is whatever, but like the look of the phone, it almost looks fake. It looks like a fake, like fan made render, but that's actually the phone. Uh, but the interest, most interesting one of the two, at least in my eyes, is the M5, which is basically like an Xperia Z whatever compact. Um, it's got a 5-inch 1080p display, 2 gigahertz, uh, high-end media. It's like the highest-end MediaTek processor, 3 gig of RAM. And it apparently has this crazy good camera that's super fast. It's tw- I think it's a Sony's brand-new 21.5 megapixel camera. Yeah. It's supposed to be super fast and awesome. And this phone I want. It comes in gold, black, or white. But yeah, the, all they announced was it's going to selected countries across emerging markets. So never coming anywhere near here. I'm going to have to try to import it from India or something like that. Anyways, that's, Good luck. Uh, yeah, that's Sony for you, right? They come out with cool phones finally, and they won't go anywhere because they don't have any relationships with any U.S. carriers or partners or anything. Mm. Blah. Uh, let's see. I think that's kind of it for big news stories this week, isn't it? I mean, that was a lot of stuff, but yeah, I think that was a solid week. Yeah, we did have a good week. Oh, just yeah. to confirm Nexus factory images, by the way, four, five, six, 2007, two, I'm sorry, Nexus seven, 2013 with Wi-Fi, And that's the only Nexus seven. So no Nexus seven, 2013 with LTE. And then the two older Nexus seven, 2012s don't have factory images either. So if you own those, not that those work anyway, didn't Lollipop like basically brick all of the old 2012 yeah. Nexus 7s? Yeah. yeah. And then as another confirmation, we will be in New York next week covering all of Samsung's Unpacked event. Yes. That's Thursday, right? Thursday morning? Correct. Yeah. So Thursday morning, all the new Samsung stuff is official. I'm hoping for a watch now. Like we've seen the the Note 5 mm-hmm. and we know the Edge is just, the Edge Plus is just a bigger edge, but if they do a round watch that actually looks nice, I mean, you know, cause their design right now is kind of on point with the galaxy S six and the glass oh, and the metal. And their design is so on point. And the fact that it could possibly feature like a rotating bezel, like that seems so cool to me. I just it want does. it to be like a smooth experience. Kind of like, you know, the Apple watch, everything kind of fades in good. Like the frame rates high and it seems like a solid experience software wise. I want Samsung to be able to do that. Like Android wear is kind of janky. Like there's some yeah, frame rate stuttering going yeah. on. And uh, so, yeah, be ties empowered for sure. Right. Yeah. Which is fine with me. And, you know, since I'd already have to be using a Samsung phone, I mean, heck I'm using S six already. So it's fine. But um, 
Moto 360 version 2. I kind of want that. Yeah. <laughs> we should be Where is close. that, by the way? You saw that at the FCC. We yeah, saw it went through it FCC. somewhere else. So it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be soon. Like someone said, like in the comments, someone asked, what's the time from FCC to release? And one guy was like, it's going to be this week or next. I was like, <laughs> no. dude, no. Like we would, I mean, we'd already have like an image of it or, you know, something like that. that's going to yeah. be that close. So yeah, that, yeah, those FCC things that you can never judge those. You can yeah. never say like, oh, there's an FCC filing. It must be here in like two weeks because no. we've seen things change all the time with those. So right. it doesn't necessarily mean much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, like sometimes you can, sorry. I was just going to say like some of the new Moto, Moto phones we saw at FCC a couple weeks ago. And mm-hmm. like, you know, the new peer edition is not coming till September. So, right. Yeah. If they make us wait again, very bad move, you know, they, with the um, showing it off at IO and then not releasing it for months or whatever. Like that was such a bad move. All the hype was dead. I'm mean, sure they still sold a good amount of them because you couldn't buy one online for quite some time. But. Right. Well, like I thought it was a bad idea that they announced that peer edition already and that's not coming till September. Like that's not a good move because that, that's a bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Unless they're going to get review units in our hands like next week, like we're going to go, you know, a month and a half without even hearing about that phone again. And they're selling it directly, so I don't know. I'm not sure what they're doing there. It's going to be a busy fall. I mean, new Note, new S6 Edge Plus, and then um, Nexus. Nexus devices, Motorola stuff. Well, I think HTC is supposed to come up with something for the uh, holiday. I think LG is as well. Yeah. I think there's actually, yeah, this because all these all these smartphone manufacturers, right, for a couple of years they had it really good. And then they all kind of dove down, except Samsung like blew everyone away. And then now Samsung's coming back down. And and like companies like Motorola are coming back up a little bit, but like LG's dropping a little. So they're all confused again. I feel like we're gonna go through a year where we get more phones like we did back in the day. You know, like everyone made too many phones and screwed themselves. And then they're like, oh, we're going to cut down our portfolios. And that's not working now. So everyone's just going to spam us with new phones again. I mean, that makes it fun for us. but Yeah, absolutely. It um, gives people plenty of options to choose from. So. It does. Yeah, there's no no short on shortage of uh, options. No. All right. So finally, Dr. Dre's album is out today. Uh, if you have Apple Music. <laughs> Yeah, ridiculous. I can't believe it's on iTunes, right? Yeah. Oh, really? I can't believe it's exclusive. I mean, that's such like a sellout thing to do, like making your art and your music exclusive to a service. Like, give me a break. Okay, you don't want me to listen to it. Fine, I won't. I'm sure it's crap. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, you know, Apple does basically own Dr. Dre now, so they can kind of do whatever they want, right? That makes me sick. Like thinking that Dr. Dre is owned by a corporate entity such yeah. as Apple. The Dr. Dre is owned by Apple, basically. Yeah. That's, that's that does suck. And how long do you think this thing's gonna be exclusive for like a month ever or no, like I, a month? I, yeah, I could see it like a like a month or something. I mean sooner or later they're gonna want other people to be able to buy it, right? But but I could almost see this being um like they probably don't care. Like if they're helping it launch Apple Music, right? And right one or whatever. And basically and like I could see them saying like Dre, we're gonna give you uh like here's guaranteed like ten million dollars and we're just gonna own your album. You know, like what did they do with U2 when they gave away that free album? They probably paid They compensated like up front. Yeah. So maybe they did that with Dre. So they, they're just going to keep it and not let anyone have it. Yeah, U2 and Dre, I guess, can all just go away. Then Taylor Swift, too, please make her go away. Make her stop. Um, you know, the idea that she wrote an open letter to Apple and they changed their minds on paying independent artists. Yeah, okay. Good luck with that. That was all, that was all set up, right? It's all smoke and mirrors, you guys. Come on, wake up. It is all ridiculous. It, it it makes Taylor Swift look like she has power and it makes Apple look like the good guys and they need right. positive press. Come this on. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. I've been using Apple music and like, I, just because it's like on my computer and I figured if you I like it. Them. I mean, you, you have it. So you've got to listen to the album. Like, is it decent? The album's nice. The album's fine. Yeah. I've listened to it. I think like twice through pretty oh, much just kind of in the background this morning. The album's yeah. solid. It's good stuff. Apple Music, though, mm, like I, I want to go back to Google Music is what I want to go back to. Yeah. Uh, Apple Music just, th- th- it's, it's kind of really terrible setup. But I like, I don't like any of Apple software. I hate the way they approach software in general. And so it's not surprising to me that I don't like Apple Music. It's just little things you can't do. Like if you're in the iTunes store and you see an album, 
and you're signed up for Apple Music, but you're in the iTunes store looking at like Dr. Dre's album, you can't click on a button and say, add to my library. Mm. The only option is buy. So if you're in the iTunes store, you have to buy things. So it's like the separate thing completely. Like, this is how stupid Apple is. Like, why can't I just add that to my library? Like when, you know, in Google Music, if you're like looking at them, you just like add it to my library and then you listen to it for free because you're paying for it. And not, not Apple Music. That, that would make too much sense. Ridiculous. Yeah. All right. Anything else? I think that'll do it for me. I mean, it's Friday. I hope everyone has a beautiful weekend. It's nice and sunny here. It is very nice here. And it's not 110 degrees. So we're not melting. <sighs> Thank goodness. Yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, yeah, so next week, look forward to Tim in New York, mm. uh, Samsung stuff. That should be fun. After that, uh, hopefully devices start arising. We're kind of waiting for uh, mm. OnePlus 2 to get here maybe someday. Hopefully we'll have that because that launch date is next week, right? Yeah, OnePlus 2, you can buy it on the 11th, and we still don't have one. Uh, anyways, so... Thanks for joining us. We'll have tons of stuff coming up the next week. It's it's, it's a busy summer and fall, so it should be fun. Uh, Droid Life Show episode 88. Thanks for tuning in. Peace. Peace.